those people that have anxiety, their anxiety tends to be worse. If you're depressed, that tends to be worse. If you, whatever it is, it's exacerbating it. And so they come to me and they're, you know, they're feeling this way. And, you know, we talk about COVID. Do you think it's because of COVID? And at first, oh no, I just, and then, you know, as the conversation unravels, yes, um, being stuck home. I mean, we're social beings and we thrive with human contact and being around others. And when you just can't uh, be in social settings, it does. It really, really affects us on a cellular level. And, um, you know, I always encourage people to continue making those phone calls, those texts, try to Zoom, try to FaceTime, try to, you know, kind of get yourself out there. And that when you're experiencing anxiety and depression, that's hard. It's hard to kind of continue to try to make connections. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. I want to thank you guys for joining me today. I have a guest uh, whose name is Dr. Stacy Boyer, licensed psychotherapist. Um, she lives in South Florida, has a master's in education, and uh, we're going to be talking about some deep subjects, especially with the pandemic, depression, anxiety, uh, different uh, ways to deal with trauma. Stracy, how are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having <laughs> me today. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you. You know, you just, you have a wealth of knowledge, especially online. I was kind of watching some of the um, posts that you, you put on and, you know, I just wanted to kind of dig in and kind of get you on and, and pick your brain. And, you know, if you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you specialize in your practice. Sure, sure. So again, thank you so much for having me on your podcast and all the great work you're doing to destigmatize mental health, which is <laughs> so incredibly important and, and amazing. Um, but yes, my name is Stacy Boyer, and I am a therapist in South Florida, um, an area called Coral Springs or Parkland, which may sound familiar because of the mass shooting at the high school down the street in Parkland. Um, I specialize in uh, anxiety, depression, PTSD, and uh, stress. Um, I have a private practice here, but because of COVID, everything is uh, now done through telehealth, so it's all online. So it's a whole new world for everybody, but um, it seems to be working well online. Yeah. So um, I noticed that you mentioned the Parkland shooting. Um, when that happened, were you like, um, were you were you able to um, talk to a few people about that? Yeah. I mean, it was such horrific thing that uh -huh. happened and the community is still you know feeling the ripple effects from it but you know the whole community really did come together in so many ways um, to kind of help with the 17 families. And yes, I've worked with um, several of the students and parents and, um, you know, we worked with EMDR, eye movement desensitization for some of them and uh, something called RTM, which is reconsolidation of traumatic memories or two different types of therapies for PTSD. But yes, um, I have, I have worked with, with several of them and, um, 
it's it's really like a cross generational effect now because the younger siblings are experiencing kind of um, the waves from it, and of course the parents and the grandparents and and everyone. So it's, it's been a really difficult difficult time around here. Although, I mean, on the positive side, a lot of the families really went on to do wonderful, wonderful things like write bestsellers, like become politically involved, um, run for the school board, you know, and do lots of positive things as well Mm. because of it. That's awesome. And, you know, just I wanted to just point out, like, with the world that we live in now, like, especially with the pandemic, um, I just kind of wanted to get your take on it. There's a lot of people that are tuning in um, that have been through trauma and stress and um, a lot of empaths and highly sensitive people that are um, isolated right now as we speak. Um, Mental health is on the rise. And one of the um, big things that they're talking about is after this pandemic is over, how much uh, damage has, you know, mental health, how many suicides will happen after this. Um, They're expecting it to be on the all-time high. Uh, In your opinion, uh, with this new normal, I mean, what are some things that you're hearing and how do we make sense of it, especially if you're like a highly sensitive person or someone that's been through trauma? Yeah, and it is. I mean, people are experiencing so many things and they actually, from what I'm seeing, it's almost like they don't realize the correlation almost between COVID, but those people that have anxiety, their anxiety tends to be worse. If you're depressed, that tends to be worse. If you, whatever it is, it's exacerbating it. And so they come to me and they're, you know, they're feeling this way. And, you know, we talk about COVID. Do you think it's because of COVID? And at first, oh no, I just, and then, you know, as the conversation unravels, yes. Um, Being stuck home. I mean, we're social beings and we thrive with human contact and being around others. And when you just can't uh, be in social settings, it does, it really, really affects us on a cellular level. And, um, you know, I always encourage people to continue making those phone calls, those texts, try to Zoom, try to FaceTime, try to, you know, kind of get yourself out there. And that when you're experiencing anxiety and depression, that's hard. It's hard to kind of continue to try to make connections. But I think that's really, really, really important during this time. Yes. And I know that you mentioned Zoom and and, um, reaching out to people on Facebook and things like that. I mean, now with the new normal, the screen is going to be our outlet, you know, and uh, in fact, even this uh, podcast, even though it's audio, you know, um, at least it's, it's, it's communication. And it's, you know, obviously, we're made for to be with people now going moving into the future especially with people that are growing up and going to homeschooling the generation of people that are being raised right now are going to be all learned like from homeschooling like online and more jobs are going to be going online so we better get used to just communicating um either by audio or video um using like technology and hopefully you know things will kind of go down after maybe the vaccinations and things like that, that potentially might be coming and hopefully it works. And then we can kind of go back to maybe not 
100% the way we were before, but maybe to some sort of uh, normal where we can go to a restaurant and not worry about wearing masks. Because that's another added factor. I know when I go out, especially the grocery store, I can sense being an empath. I can sense people's bad moods. I mean, people, they, they run into you with the cart and they don't, you know, they just give you a nasty look. And it's like, everyone's like feeling it. And I, and I get that and I can sense that being an empath, but in your, in your practice, um, dealing with so many clients, I mean, what do you kind of, um, suggest as far as somebody that's going through like maybe some sort of past trauma or, um, dealing with limited self beliefs or, or just thinking errors, what are some of the things that you uh, suggest? Yeah, and you know, I'm just thinking about what you said about going to the grocery store or whatever it is, and people are on edge. And you're so right. You are so right. I mean, even in the parking lots, and and that's where um, kind of. And I know we, we spoke about this a little, the deep breathing, and kind of you know just taking that that time to take a deep breath. You know, get your thoughts collected, but you're right. And and also thinking, wow, everybody, we're, we're all coming from a good place, but we're stressed and we're going through so much. And if someone behaves a certain way, it's not you, you know, it's, it's they don't want to hurt you. It's just, just everything that, that we're going through. And when you mention the maths, I mean, that, that reminds me of people or clients that I know that tend to um, have panic attacks. Oh, and yeah. This real trigger yeah mm-hmm. and you know when when we first were told we had to wear masks it, it really didn't even occur to me but for some people it, it's that feeling of even though it's it's not real you're not going to die right <laughs> um, that you can't breathe and it sort of is triggering for those people that experience panic attacks and it's working through all of that um but of course yes so getting back to um therapy for that. You know, a lot of therapy that is good for that is a cognitive behavior therapy. And um, that kind of helps you unlearn negative thinking behaviors or just automatic thoughts that, you know, aren't even correct. And um, lots of times these automatic thoughts are kind of learned in childhood and they maybe protected us in childhood or maybe even helped us survive in childhood. But these same behaviors or thought patterns really don't um, serve us now or help us grow or even help us self-actualize. So I think it's really important during this time to remind ourselves that, you know, this too will pass. Um, you know, and when you're having one of those awful negative thoughts, kind of question your thoughts and say, uh, is there evidence for this thought? Um, you know, what's really the worst thing that could happen? And, and is that really that, that bad? Um, one I really like is to ask yourself, if a friend came to you feeling this way, what would you say to your friend? And, you know, why aren't you saying that to yourself? Why aren't you your kind of your own best friend during this time? And and it's hard, but it's really learning how to challenge those thoughts and try to think um, about things differently and reframing and trying to um, think of things positively and uh, and all those kinds of things and telling us and you know with with the, the new inoculation, hopefully things will work out that this this is going to pass. 
you know, I also think it's maybe it's not all bad. Maybe this time has really given us time to kind of slow down and pause. And, and you know, if we have to wear a mask during um, flu season or, or, you know, any time, maybe it isn't really that. Maybe it's a good thing in certain circumstances mm-hmm. going forward, too. So maybe there is yeah. some good outcome of it. Yeah. I mean, I know, like, I have some friends in California and... I don't know. They were saying something about having a curfew and um, not, be, you know, not going out just for a couple weeks. Um, and some of the businesses are shutting down permanently. Um, so there's a lot of stress with people feeling trapped in their homes. Mm-hmm. And um, the people that tune in here, we've we've talked about narcissism and being with people that especially during the holidays, um, dealing with people at the dinner table that uh, are manipulative or toxic. Um, the mm-hmm. holiday season in itself is stressful, and then you add the pandemic. Uh, my question is, like, with all this stress, especially looking at our screens and the news, all of this is coming all at once here in 2020, and hopefully, you know, we're coming to an end here at this year, and, and you know, the vaccination is, you know, is definitely a good sign, and hopefully things will return normal. But between now and then, when that comes out, what do you think about that is, is being inundated with so much uh, overstimulation? And this goes for the highly sensitive people that are listening also on this. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's always been a thing called sleep hygiene, and that um, is basically getting your, you know, having the same routine every night to go to sleep for those people that have a difficulty sleeping. But now the new, you know, kind of term is social media hygiene and really cutting back and really limiting. And it is hard because it's like we get everything from from our phones, really, the weather, the the news, the, you know, social interaction, I guess, the alarm clock, you know, everything. So we're really kind of so tied into it. But the truth is, when we don't have it, it is difficult for that brief period of time, but then it does get easier. And I, you know, I always tell people, I mean, there there are times when you do have to respond to a text and an email uh, in a timely manner, but more so, we really don't have to respond right away. And that's self-care also, because those of us that feel that stress and you don't even realize you're feeling that stress when your right. phone dings but when you see that you have that text oh my <laughs> gosh I have to go back or it's always in the back of your mind the truth is you don't have to respond right away you can take a break do it when you're ready you know and, and not kind of give in to the phone and, and the media and I think that's so so important and I'm laughing because I am a victim. I mean, I'm totally guilty. I know when I wake up in the morning, I try not to look at my phone, even though it's like, you know, ringing for text messages and stuff. The minute I look at it, it just kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. And I kind of feel miserable as it is. I mean, obviously living in the Midwest, uh, the weather itself does play a significant role. Obviously, Florida is a nice place um, (laughs) uh, most of the year, I would imagine. But um, when you don't have sun and it gets darker um, and you wake up in the morning, it's pitch dark. And then by four or five o'clock, it's pitch dark again. And so your, your whole rhythm is is kind of messed up and then that calls insomnia so on and so forth and and just throws you all off so with that said i mean 
the the empaths and highly sensitive people that you know definitely do tune into this um, podcast tend to usually say that you know uh, with all this overstimulation, it it does cause you know mental health issues, and um, a lot of people don't talk about it. And, and I'm glad more people are coming forward. So my next question to you is like, are you seeing like in a whole as far as mental health, is it getting better? as a whole as people are coming out more or do you think it's just kind of stagnated and has a lot more work to do because it is taboo subject to talk about especially a lot of people that are embarrassed to even acknowledge that they're going through mental health issues you're absolutely right and I think that so many people you included kind of putting it out there and destigmatizing it is huge and you look at um, <laughs> Prince Harry you know the people that actors and actresses that really have come out and talked about it and made it okay. Because especially during the pandemic, we're all dealing with it. And if you're not, you know somebody that is, or you have somebody in your family that is, or you will have somebody in your family. And the thing is, if you're experiencing anxiety or depression or whatever it is, that's not you. That's something you're experiencing. That's part of you, but it's not all of you. And it's so interesting that you mentioned, um, you know, the seasons too, because that's a real thing. Seasonal affective disorder is um, a huge thing that uh, people experience during usually the winter time. And it's real. Um, You had also mentioned hooking up your your phone first thing, which we all do. But what I like to suggest to people is even before (laughs) you pick up your phone or uh, maybe before you really open your eyes, having gratitude. And I think that really sets the tone for the day. If you can have gratitude or almost like set an intention about the kind of day you want to have, it sounds silly, but it works. If you have gratitude before you wake up, you know, right after you wake up in the morning and then gratitude right before you go to bed, it does, if you constantly do that, it does, you know, help with the depression. Good tool to use. Um, In your practice, if let's say somebody came to you with PTSD or trauma um, or some sort of narcissist abuse. Um, You had mentioned EDMR, um, RTM, CBT. Um, What are the difference between all those therapies and what would be appropriate for, for a person that may have gone through some sort of past trauma, let's say narcissist abuse for decades and they're still trauma bonded to um, the abuser Mm -hmm. and then they come to you, would that be something that EDMR would be something that you would recommend and how does that exactly work? Absolutely. EDMR, it really works. You know, all, all the therapies and all the things that, that, that we say, it may not work for everyone, but it certainly is is worthwhile trying it because it it works for so many. So yeah, EMDR is um, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And what that really is, is uh, you use bilateral stimulation to help the brain heal. And that means using one part of the brain and then the other part of the brain. And um, what's interesting about EMDR is you don't really have to go into detail necessarily about your trauma, because a lot of people, when they seek therapy, which I just want to say, just going out there and making that phone call and seeking therapy is such a brave, strong thing to do. And that, right. that might even be the hardest part of it to actually <laughs> getting yourself to yeah. make that phone call. But yes, EMDR... Um, so you, yeah, you don't really have to go into detail necessarily. You, you're you asked to bring up like a uh, specific memory and then you're asked to kind of bring up the negative uh, 
cognitions or negative thoughts that are associated with that experience. And then you do this, this, this is, you know, a basic explanation, um, a bilateral stimulation working through that trauma. And then eventually you talk about positive cognitions and kind of install that. Um, what's interesting is with telehealth, you can do it uh, basically taking your right hand, tapping it on your left shoulder and your left hand tapping it on your right shoulder. And the therapist will uh, explain that to you how to do that. Um, but if you're in the office, it's sometimes they use a light bar and sometimes they use these little uh, tappers. Called. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it's really interesting and worth, worth doing and it's certainly helpful. And it, the important thing about uh, EMDR and RTM, it's not uh, re-traumatizing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and, and hopefully I know that some of the therapy sessions can be intense, but, um, you know, and they can linger, um, even a few days, uh, after a, a single session, but that is supposed to be expected. Um, and hopefully leads to, um, you know, feeling better in, in the long run from, from some of the people that I've talked to that, have tried EDMR and uh, it is effective for many people, like you said. Yeah, um, you're absolutely right. It sometimes can linger, but and it's a lot of uh, you work on I messages. So sometimes mm-hmm. we're telling ourselves an I message, like I am, you know, whatever it is that you feel. And again, um, it's not true necessarily, but it's something that's sort of implanted in your mind because of the trauma. So it's working through that negative I message and kind of reprocessing. So I'm just going to um, throw you a little curveball here. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just ask you um, a question here. And I'm going to give you like four things. And you tell me in the rank of order, like um, what's the like the most important out of everything, like um, as far as the rank. rank. So the first one. Third one is exercise, um, and then the fourth one is being around um, people, like having a support group. So out of all those things, what would you say is a hierarchy that is mandatory to keep a, just if you have to choose one, because I know a lot of people have told me that they suffer with all those issues. So I'm just wondering from your standpoint, what would you say would be the number one, number two, and number three and four? I love this question. And I know, I mean, the number one is the easiest because uh, I'm big into this and I think it affects everything. Number one would be sleep. Absolutely. Because if you are not getting the appropriate sleep, everything is harder. And, and we know that, you know, when we, when we have a, a, not a good night's sleep, you're, you are more anxious. Everything's harder. Your brain isn't processing quick enough. So for sure, sleep is incredibly important. And again, you know how we sort of talked about sleep hygiene, get yourself a routine, follow that routine, whatever, you know, whatever it is that works for you, whether it's lighting a candle before bed or, you know, your order of brushing your teeth, doing the same thing every night to kind of help you um, get into that routine, waking up and going to sleep at the same time every night. Um, now, the next three are kind of difficult. I think that <laughs> being around people, you know, like we've said, we're social beings. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, if you're going through something and you're alone and you're ruminating and you're mm. thinking about 
awful. But when you can just express it to another human being, whether it is your therapist or a friend, and you get it out, it's sometimes just you're like, hmm, well, it's not that bad, and I can deal with this, and I'm going to be okay. So I would say maybe two, uh, being around people. Um, Three, gosh, it would have to be exercise. And Mm. that's not, you know, becoming a bodybuilder. (laughs) Like, you know, taking a walk around the block. And simply doing that, you know, 15-minute walk around the block, half an hour walk is real. And I know um, where it's super cold, it might be harder, but I do think exercise and and being outdoors and and kind of being one with nature is um, really important. And then, of course, nutrition. And that doesn't mean dieting. That means adding. That means making sure you are eating your fruits and vegetables, adding that to your diet. And that that's really important too. Yes. Thank you so much for clarifying that. I'm, uh, I'm just very curious because I've had so many therapists on the show and um, they, they all kind of give sleep the top number because obviously if you don't have sleep, you're not going to be able to function. It's like running your car without gas. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. Um, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, thank you for answering that and clearing that up. If you can just um, please let us know, maybe like for anybody that's listening out there, if there's something that um, you want to leave the listeners with, the empaths, the highly sensitive people, going through a tough time, trapped in their homes, um, is there maybe one thing that you can say that they can probably use right when they get off this you know, episode, maybe just to kind of uh, implement right away or maybe try something that might even help them if they're a little bit stuck right now in the blues? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. There's so many, but I, I can pick, I can pick one, but of course like <laughs> the deep breathing, making sure mm-hmm. that you're breathing to your stomach, through your nose, in your stomach, tell yourself a positive mantra and then out your mouth. Also real quick, you know, we kind of talked about, well, we sort of talked about nutrition and diet. What about your mental diet? Mm. Change your mental diet, maybe instead of whatever you're doing, maybe change it to uplifting music or reading something uplifting or something that um, is is good for you because we are responsible for our own happiness. So we want to do what's right for us. And I love that you mentioned journaling. I mean, journaling, and that's you know, hard for some people to get started, but getting those thoughts on paper for whatever reason is, is really, really, really helpful. And it doesn't have to look pretty and it could just be <laughs> scribble in the beginning, but starting that and, and right. getting those thoughts on paper is, is really, um, really important. And of course, of course, the gratitude and being yeah. grateful. So those are a couple. Yes. I'm very, very, um, I'm thankful for you coming on the show and sharing your thoughts. Um, and um, definitely, you're always welcome back. Uh, before we take off, can you just tell us where we can find you and your contact info if you'd like to share that with us? Sure. And thank you so, so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Absolutely. I can be reached at um, namastacy.net is my website. That's N-A-M-A-S-T-A-C-I-E.net. Um, and uh, let's see, where else? Uh, da, 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 da. Instagram That's too, right? <laughs> oh, Instagram, yeah, yeah right? Uh, Namastacy underscore Boyer, B-O-Y-A-R. And I also want to Sorry, I have a I have a podcast too with some uh, anxiety tips, which you know they're just quick tips for anxiety, especially during this time. And it's also Nama Stacy with like little prayer hands at the end, and it could be found okay. anywhere podcasts are found. Awesome! So thank you. 
All right, guys, you check out her podcast, you know, look, look at her Instagram page, follow her. Uh, Definitely. You have a lot of great information. Thanks again for being on this podcast. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. That does it for this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. And uh, feel free to reach out to me directly on Facebook or Instagram on the On Call Empath. With that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath.